Hello and welcome to this episode of the Basis Podcast, Agronomy Matters. My name's Greg Hopkinson, Head of Business Development at Basis. On the episode today, we're going to be talking all about the new environmental land management schemes, which have been introduced by DEFRA over the next few years. I think we can all see that UK agriculture is currently going through a period of significant change, with the reduction and eventual removal of financial support for farmers through the basic payment scheme. The loss of this support has also come at a time of significant volatility, with both the values of the crops our farmers produce and the inputs that they buy increasing in price to levels which we've never seen before. This all means that farmers and land managers are having to develop a new perspective as they look to build sustainable farming businesses which are resilient in the future. The new environmental land management schemes are likely to play a crucial role in this and I'm pleased to say that we've got two speakers on the episode today. So our first guest on this episode of Agronomy Matters is Tom Lewis who works at DEFRA as part of the team focusing on the environmental land management schemes including the sustainable farming incentive. So Tom's going to tell us today about how these schemes are being rolled out over the next few years and what opportunities these might provide for UK farmers and land managers. So thanks for joining us today, Tom, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Greg. Yeah, nice to be here. Perfect. So firstly, I thought it'd be good to, if you could just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your role at DEFRA and how do you actually support the development of the environmental land management schemes? Okay. Uh, so as you said, my name's Tom Lewis. Uh, I work for DEFRA. Uh, I've been working for DEFRA for almost four years now as part of the ELM team, the Environmental Land Management team. My role is specifically focused on the Sustainable Farming Incentive. Um, so I'm policy lead for SFI. Um, over the years, I've done a variety of different things within DEFRA. So I, I headed up our pilot, our SFI pilot, for a little while. And before I joined DEFRA, I worked for Natural England. Um, and I've been involved in, in schemes like this now for a for a number of years. Um, so my job and my team's job is to develop the policy around the, the SFI scheme. Um, so that's often working with farmers and growers. It's often working with other um, stakeholders and industry experts uh, and other bits of government to try and make sure we've got the right policy, uh, which is going to underpin the delivery of the, the scheme for the next few years. Well, you sound like the kind of perfect person to explain to us how it might all, all work and fit together. So. I thought if we could just kind of start with you briefly explaining what are the three different parts of the environmental land management scheme and what are the key differences kind of between each one? Okay, um, so to kind of to, re, to rewind a little bit, um, you and the listeners will be aware that we, we've got our umbrella term of the environmental land management schemes. Um, so ELM is essentially divided down into three areas. Uh, so we have our sustainable farming incentive, which is which is the one I'm policy lead for. We then have a local nature recovery scheme and a landscape recovery scheme. So those three schemes make up the, the kind of overarching environmental land management offer. Um, now, firstly, these schemes uh, across the piece will pay for sustainable farming practices. They'll, they'll pay for things like improving animal health and welfare, reducing carbon emissions, creating and preserving habitats. And making landscape scale environmental changes so they pay for quite and they will pay for quite a wide range of different activities um the the view is very much that farmers will be able to enter a combination of these um we, we're really working hard to try and make it simple so we talk about separate schemes 
that the, the intention is that when farmers come in and apply for these, it'll be really simple about what they can apply for, what you can do where. Um, so as, essentially that, that's our kind of, that's our view. Um, all the schemes are going to be voluntary. So it's very much down to the farmer, um, the forester, the land manager, whoever, to decide the right combination of activities to do on their farm. And ultimately, they'll be able to pick and choose um, from these different kind of schemes, these different offers to do what's right for them on their farm. Um, now, in terms of how we've developed these, we've really tried to be uh, to do this differently to anything that's come before. So we've tried to be more collaborative uh, and hopefully hopefully that, that's come across. We're, we're really focused on doing this in a less bureaucratic way um, and basically trying to make it work, work for people. Um, and in terms of the scheme, so I'll start with SFI. Um, so SFI, the Sustainable Farming Incentive, will pay farmers for actions that farmers can take um, on, their, on their farm, on their land. Um, essentially, this is about underpinning food production in a more sustainable way. So SFI is really focused on not being an either or decision about environmental activity. It's something we really want to see running alongside our production, beef production, or whatever it might be. So our, our, and we'll talk about this a bit later on, I'm sure, the standards that we're putting together in SFI are really intended to be something that all farmers can take up. Um, now, the second scheme, local nature recovery, for those of you that are, uh, are aware of or have been involved in countryside stewardship uh, or environmental stewardship in the past, local nature recovery is very much the sort of successor to that scheme. So it's more specific environmental activities, more specific environmental delivery, um, more focused, really, a bit, a bit more involved in terms of environmental actions and outcomes, and probably from a farmer's perspective, require them to do to do to do more work um, in terms of those environmental actions. And then finally, the landscape recovery one. This is one that is really new and novel. Um, this is going to be something that's very, uh, very much focused on uh, uh, probably quite a few specific areas around around England. And this is where we're going to see we want to see some really radical land use change. So this could be the rewilding, this could be the new forest being created, but this is a very specific. Um, and because of the kind of the, the amount of effort and energy required to deliver those, we don't expect to see too many of those landscape recovery schemes around England, but that's how, so ELM is the umbrella term for those three schemes. And you mentioned there kind of the importance of collaboration and co-creation with these schemes between farmers and DEFRA. And you said also about that you led on the pilot schemes. How have those pilot schemes worked and how has that helped develop the environmental land management schemes? Yeah, so the, the approach we've taken to, to the environmental land management schemes is very much, as I, as I mentioned, it's very much about trying to kind of reset the relationship, um, try to be far more collaborative, um, you know, really focus on our on our farmers and our foresters. Um, really focus on our, on our on our kind of you know the, the people who are going to be delivering these schemes for us. So, what what we've put in place, we've put in place um, a, 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 a kind of a group of uh, projects called our testing trials projects. And so over the over the years, and this is something that's going to run keep running on for a little while. We've got a number of specific testing trials which are led by groups of farmers. Sometimes they're led by NFU or CLA or sometimes RSPB with farmers and land managers involved. And those tests and trials drive out solutions to specific issues. So they're very much focused on how, a, how collaboration might work, for example. And they focus on you know, bringing farmers together to come up with different solutions for how collaboration 
across farms could could work or they might focus on a specific type of habitat or a specific feature that could make its way into the environmental land management scheme so tests and trials are really really effective at zooming into some quite kind of quite small but important building blocks for how the schemes are going to work um, so as i say that that's our tests and trials and we've had thousands of farmers involved in those uh, and as i say we, we hope farmers will and people will continue to be involved in those um, now last year we um, opened up and stood up our first pilot so that was the pilot for our sustainable farming incentive scheme and so the pilot is different from test and trials is in that the pilot stitches together all of those bits and pieces that come out of test and trials it stitches it all together so you've got a coherent package that a farmer can can, can come and engage with so so last year we opened up the pilot um, and we had just over 2,000 farmers express an interest in joining which was amazing absolutely amazing um, and we've ended up with just under a thousand farmers actively taking part in the pilot so they've got real live pilot agreements they're delivering sustainable farming incentive scheme on the ground on their farms uh, and will do for another two years so th that that's the difference i suppose between the test and trials and the pilot the pilot as i say will continue to run and that teaches us such a lot about the way the scheme operates so you know we've heard an awful lot for example about the way farmers applied to join the pilot so the guidance that we published, for example, you know, we heard last year that farmers found some of the guidance a bit unwieldy. So we've worked really hard to simplify our guidance, to really zoom in on the specific bits that farmers need to know about. Uh, and so this year, when we open up SFI for everybody uh, this summer, farmers will see simpler, more focused guidance. Um, we've also learned from our pilot, we've learned about the IT system. Uh, we've learned about the application process itself and about how we can simplify and again we can streamline the application process so it makes it easier for farmers to get involved to do the right thing on their land and to find the right information that they need um, so as i say the pilots and the tests and trials have been really really important to underpin and help us design our design our, our schemes and our processes and they've also been really important to help us confirm our, our policy and the approach for the schemes um, so something else farmers will see, if any if any farmers have looked at the, um, the the standards that we used in the pilot last year, farmers will see that we've really simplified those in the last 12 months or so. We don't want to compromise on the environmental actions that the standards will, will deliver, but we want to really make it clear what we expect a farmer to do. Um, we think that's going to, firstly, that's going to really help clearly farmers know what, what, what and how to go about doing things on their farm. But it also makes it far easier for us then to do some of the stuff we've got to do in terms of monitoring how farmers are getting on delivering those. Um, so as I say, the pilot, the pilot has been really important for that. And we, we continue to learn every day um, based on the experiences of, our, of those farmers um, in our sustainable farming incentive pilot. So the sustainable farming incentive is going to be the first scheme that is open to farmers and land managers to apply for kind of outside of these pilot schemes. Can you just tell us what opportunities are currently available and how could someone go about applying? OK, so so firstly, it's, it's an absolute delight to say that we're going to open up our sustainable farming incentive scheme this summer for applications. So this will be open to all farmers um, in England. The only rule, the only eligibility rule is uh, farmers, um, any farmer who can currently get basic payments, so BPS, will be eligible for SFI. 
So that's the only eligibility that we've got for this year. So we've tried to keep it really as simple as we can. And as time goes by, we will obviously look at our eligibility. So we might, you know, in, in years to come, we might there might be opportunities for other types of land manager to come in. But for this year, if you get BPS, if you're eligible for BPS, you'll be able to apply for SFI. Um, the first thing to say is that we're, we're just in the final touches of testing our IT systems and guidance and everything else. We're expecting to open up for applications uh, late June or early July. So we're now only a few only weeks away from that, which is uh, which is remarkable. It's come around. It's come around, uh, come around pretty quickly from certainly from my perspective. Um, so as I've mentioned a few times, the way in which we've built the sustainable farming incentive um, is we've we've grouped packages of actions and activities together under what we call standards. So the idea behind this is farmers can quite simply see what they would need to do if they were to join the scheme. Um, so these standards um, are grouped under different themes. So we have an arable soil standard this year, we have an improved grassland soil standard this year, and we have a moorland standard this year. So that's our kind of intent for how we describe the standards. And in, in due course, you know, there'll be other standards available. Um, but for this year, those are the three standards. So if a farmer is an arable farmer, they will be able to choose from they'll be able to choose uh, to come in and deliver an arable soil standard. Um, now we've listened to we've listened to farmers in the and in the industry and for the for the sustainable farming incentive scheme we've tried to simplify the amount of choice. Um, so there'll basically be two choices. Um, farmer will be able to choose an introductory um, standards or an intermediate um, standards for their arable soil. And under each of those standards, there are slightly different actions that a farmer could undertake. Um, so we really, we'd really encourage farmers, obviously, anyone listening to this, to, 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 look, at, to look at those standards and really have a think about uh, what they can do, what they want to do. The different levels of the standard will um, provide different payments because uh, we are asking for slightly different things. Um, so, so as I say, from, from this summer, farmers will be able to apply for two arable soil uh, two levels of ambition within an arable soil standard. Um, there's also two um, levels of ambition within an improved grassland soil standard. So um, again, farmers can choose if they've got improved grassland, they can choose what they want to do where. And then finally, if farmers have got moorland, um, they can apply to do the moorland standard. And there's only one ambition level for that one for this year. We want to start that one kind of quite, quite simple. Um, but as I say, from this summer, that application system will be open uh, and we really hope the farmers will you know will start to apply to, to deliver those and as we look a bit further into the future what how is the sustainable farming incentive going to expand over the next few years yeah so we we took a decision to start in 2022 relatively simple with those three soil standards uh, sorry there's two soil standards and the morning standard that i mentioned um so we, we chose to start with those three um, for, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, we wanted to start from a place that was, as I say, relatively simple to stand up. But we know that in the future we want to add new standards to that package. So our plan is to introduce new groups of standards every year for the next three years. So in 2023, we're currently working on opening up a nutrient management standard we're looking at an integrated pest management standard and a hedgerow standard. Now, some of this might change. You know, we, we might slide them backwards or we might bring other standards forwards. Um, 
that's that's our kind of indicative plan. And then 2024, we're looking at opening up an agroforestry standard. We're looking at low and no input grassland standards. We're looking at water body buffering. We're looking at farmland biodiversity. So a lot of different uh, opportunities there for farmers. And then finally, um, we're we're looking at uh, maybe 2025 opening up an organic standard. We're looking at maybe some spe um, specialist orchard and horticulture standards. Um, as well as looking at some on-farm woodland standards. So, so 2022 is very much the start of this journey. Um, any farmer who joined in 2022, every year they'd be able to upgrade to add to their agreement. So we want to give everyone the opportunity to keep it the same if they like, or to add either a new standard to their agreement or to change to increase, hopefully, the ambition level of the work they're doing within their current standards. So that should provide opportunities um, for farmers to make sure the standards really fit what they want to do, what they want to get out of uh, farming on their land. And as we look um, at the other stand, at the other schemes as well, so we've got local nature recovery and we've got landscape um, recovery, like you mentioned earlier, what's the kind of timeline for those becoming available to a farmer actually to kind of apply to be part of those schemes? Okay, so if I, if I talk about local nature recovery first, so... That's the one that is most like countryside stewardship at the moment. So any, any farmers out there who are currently in countryside stewardship, roughly, approximately, local nature recovery is the sort of successor scheme for that. We, we, we're learning an awful lot about what to leave um, out of, of local nature recovery and what to, what to maximise, what to add in. Um, the timescales for local nature recovery are a bit slower than for SFI. That's largely because countryside stewardship is there. Um, our assumption is that we'll be doing um, more testing, some piloting on local nature recovery later this and into next year. Um, so we'll perhaps be looking at a few hundred farmers in 2023 working with us on a, on a pilot around local nature recovery. We then roll out around the whole country by the end of 2024. And that very much fits with the end of countryside stewardship. Um, so for local nature recovery, if people are really keen and it'd be great if they were, if you want to look out for piloting opportunities over the next sort of 12 months or so. Uh, but if you're looking at having the sort of the, the full scheme, the settled scheme to apply for, that'll be rolled out. Our current intention is uh, towards the end of 2024. So that's local nature recovery. Uh, and there will be more information published um, every few months about our schemes. Now, landscape recovery, as I, as I mentioned earlier, this is the third and perhaps, perhaps the most novel of our uh, environmental land management scheme so we're currently in a pilot process for that one now the way landscape recovery works is that we're looking for um, we're looking for projects that are between 500 and 5,000 hectares in size so this is a really big scale um, you know land use change project and we're currently um, we're currently open for applications for our pilot for the for our landscape recovery scheme that's open until the 24th of may so if anyone is interested if anyone's lucky enough to have that amount of land that they want to put into into a land use uh, landscape recovery scheme then you've got until the 24th of may we're looking for around maybe a dozen maybe 15 projects across england um the, the rules and the approach around landscape recovery as i say is, is different in that we want people to come to us with proposals for what they can deliver but we're really expecting quite major land use change um, so that but we've got our first round of pilots open at the moment and then into 2023 we'll be looking to do another round of piloting um, so as I say anyone really keen on that at the moment you've got 
you've got a, a little while left, a few days left until that that deadline. Um, but yeah, that that's that's where we are with those other two schemes. So just in general, it's obviously a real period of transition for UK agriculture. We've had the basic payment scheme for quite a long time and we're moving towards these more environmental land management schemes. But how do you think these new schemes will actually help a farmer become a more sustainable farming business overall? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And, and I appreciate the, the challenge uh, at the moment in terms of this, this transition away from um from, from schemes to, 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 the, to the new way of, of doing this. So I think the first point to start with is that we've recognised for a long time that the way in which the legacy schemes work, the way in which um, those, those have ch- shaped and changed agriculture in, in England, um, you know, ha- has led us down a certain, a certain path. Um, and I think it is, it's quite a, um, it's an opportunity for us to move away from those old schemes to a new way of, of delivering environmental benefits so we, we do have this exciting opportunity and I, I do kind of keep wanting to stress that we're we're very much at the cusp of starting this stuff off and we want farms to work with us on this we want to learn and keep iterating and keep building so I suppose the first thing to say is that the, you know th- this will continue to iterate and develop over the next decade perhaps forever you know we're going to constantly be looking to tweak and add and improve on our environmental schemes um, in terms of how do how do we think these schemes will help farmers? I think we have seen, I mean, just recently we've seen you know world world events impact um, ability of our farmers to you know to buy fertilizer. You know we we can see that actually the way in which we produce food in this country is dependent on world events and events that are outside of our control. We, we're never going to be able to control all of that stuff, but the sustainable farming practices we want to put in place through the sustainable farming incentive scheme, we really hope can. Um, can, can support um, our farmers in this country to continue to produce food, but perhaps look to nudge farmers to a slightly more environmentally friendly way to deliver that food. So we're not, we're not looking at kind of huge radical change, but we're looking at, you know, for the SFI scheme for this year, we want farmers who join to understand their soil organic matter, for example. Um, you know, a lot of farmers we speak to don't really understand how important their soil organic matter is in terms of their crop production, for example. Many farmers do, um, but some of the some of the practices we want to drive through these schemes is very much about helping farmers to be more productive, relying on inputs, um, artificial fertilizers, pesticides, far less. So we, we, we really hope that the SFI scheme in particular will enable farmers to, to, to receive some funding, but to, to, to take a step back and have a look at ways in which they can continue to deliver in a slightly different way. Um, so as I say, we're, we're really we're really optimistic. We're really hopeful that um, farmers will take this scheme up this this year. Um, and as I say, we'll continue to learn and continue to see how how these schemes work with our farmers. Um, but as I say, they're very much there designed to support certainly sustainable farming incentive. It's very much there designed to support food production um, within within England. I think that's a really interesting kind of perspective on it because kind of the reliance on inputs is obviously it's kind of been highlighted this year with kind of um, record and rocketing prices and kind of things like that. So yeah, kind of supporting that has got to be a good mm. thing for kind of any any farmer. But if you kind of inspired someone and, and a farmer or farmer who's listened to this or an agronomist and has got customers who are thinking, I want to be part of the sustainable farming incentive, I think it'd be a good thing for my business. What would be a piece of advice that you that you would give them? How can they make it work for their farm? 
yeah good 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 question so i i think i i'd hope people would go into this with an open mind um we we really are trying our best here to make a scheme that is going to fit fit farming um you know we're, we're really trying to make this something that works that farmers want to take up you know so we've worked really closely with 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 hundreds and thousands of farmers across England to try and design a scheme that supports and enables them to deliver, to, to, you know, to, to, to farm the way they want, but to deliver some of these environmental benefits. So I really hope people can go into this with an open mind. Um, there, there are a variety of things that we're trying to put in place, very much learning from you know, previous schemes. We, we want to have a far um, more trusting, collaborative relationship with our farmers. We want to have a far more trusting relationship um, about how farmers deliver, about how we monitor, the delivery of agreements you know we want more flexibility for farmers um so as i say we've, we've tried to come up with something that's really going to work for people um you know we've listened we've listened to groups like tenant farmers who you know previous schemes haven't quite worked for and we've come up with new arrangements to to really support how tenants can can come in and get involved so as i say i think the, the key thing i would encourage people to do is to just go in with an open mind um have a go uh, as I say, our, our application system that will be open in end of June, early July is really encouraging. I shouldn't say it, but, you know, um, it's really encouraging, you know, and I, I think it's really looks really simple and straightforward to engage with. Um, so, as I say, get, give it a try. Um, we, you know, we really hope people will come with us. Um, the final thing I suppose I would say is that one of the key things for this year is, or, or hopefully forever now, but for the scheme for this year, is that we're not going to have a fixed application window. So there's going to be a rolling application window for sustainable farming incentive. So there's also no rush to do this. Um, you know, farmers can take a little bit of time. They can wait until harvest is done. They can try and get it done before some of the kind of peak activity on their farm. But we've got a rolling application window now, which again, we hope allows farmers the space and time to put the right application forward to really give it a bit of, a bit of thought. Um, so, but as I say, you know, have a go. Have a go. I think that's my advice. And finally, I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to explain what are DEFRA really wanting to achieve with the environmental land management schemes? Kind of what, if it was a success, what would you like to see kind of UK agriculture look like? Like you say, and it could be in 10 or 12, 15 years time. Yeah, so it's, this is a great question. So there's a number of, there's a number of reasons why we've put these schemes together. Um, and you know, perhaps the most important one is about certainly for sustainable farming incentive. This is about enabling our farmers to produce food more sustainably, to produce environmental benefits alongside food production. So these schemes, certainly SFI, is very much there to support um, and underpin agriculture. We want it to be part of um, part of our kind of you know of the landscape um, for for a long time to come. So. You know, we want the scheme, as I say, to work for farmers. We want the scheme to work and, and kind of underpin farming practices. We can't avoid the fact that you know we're a, we're, we're you know we're part of the part of the wider world here, and there are challenges around climate change, around all these issues around global warming, and you know this is this is the way in which we can get a major um, a major sort of uh, push from our farmers in this country. To help help us deliver some of our really ambitious net zero targets, our twenty five year environment plan targets. Um, so you know these these are very much there as part of that international kind of context about you know environmental improvement, environmental delivery. Um, so there's a lot of drivers around our schemes. Um, as I say, we want them to work for farmers. You know we want them to work for every farmer. 
um, in England. And so, you know, it kind of goes back to we really want to hear from anyone. We want people to, you know, to try and have a have a go at this stuff. And I, I really hope that farmers will be surprised how they can fit these schemes in around their farming businesses. Um, I don't think there's any farmer I've ever spoken to who doesn't want to do something more for the environment. Um, you know, we, we know farmers are really up, up for this sort of stuff. And so that's why we've designed these schemes in this way to, you know, the schemes are there to work for everybody um, and to be a kind of a, you know, a good and meaningful way to help us hit those targets. So, so as I say, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of kind of riding, um, there's a lot of riding on this. Um, and um, yeah, as I say, it'd be really fascinated to see how, how the applications go over the summer. Um, and as I say, to hear back from anyone who's got any kind of concerns, um, you can look out for communication. You know, we're publishing a lot of information out there about how the schemes are going to work. Um, and hopefully, I keep saying hopefully, um, but I'm really hoping that people will notice a difference when they engage with us. They can see actually this is going to be different to anything that's come before. Well, I just want to say kind of thanks for joining us today, Tom. I think you've given a really good overview of not just kind of how the schemes are going to work and how people can get involved, but also kind of what you actually, what DEFRA are trying to achieve and how it actually is going to impact kind of um, farmers in the UK. So I just want to say, yeah, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Right. Thank you. I'm really pleased to say I've been joined by our very own environmental expert, Teresa Meadows, who is Head of Environment, Audit and Public Affairs at Basis. Teresa has been working alongside our digital learning team to develop the new Principles of Sustainable Land Management course, which is now available on Basis Classroom. And Teresa is going to tell us a bit more about this course, why Basis is increasingly focusing on environmental management and sustainability, and what else people should look out for from Basis over the coming months. So thanks for joining us today, Teresa, and welcome back to the Agronomy Matters podcast. Thanks for having me back, Greg. Great to be back. So firstly, I thought we'd focus on the, the course to start with. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what the new Principles of Sustainable Land Management course is and, and why have Basis decided to develop it? Yes, yeah, so excitingly with the new course, it's for anybody in the industry and it's been designed for farmers, for land managers, for advisors, for people working behind the scenes, maybe in an organisation that want to learn a bit more. Perhaps you've got volunteers um, you know, that work with you that are interested in sustainable land management and the practices that are there. And the idea is that it gives an insight into sustainable farming practices and how we can do that alongside environmental land management and integrated with food production. And really developed to recognise there's so much great work and a lot of knowledge in the industry in all sorts of these areas already. But perhaps we've got a new and a renewed environmental focus going on at the moment with the new environmental land management schemes happening around the UK, net, achieving net zero ambitions, and particularly the environmental ambitions for you on your farm. And I think lots of people have been involved in agri-environment schemes in the past, but maybe this is, you know, the new schemes that's going to become more important to that farm business, to that profit and the wider environment. So you've mentioned a few different people there, but who is the course actually kind of suitable for? Is it for agronomists or farmers or who, who is it actually kind of, who is it actually going to benefit from it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think actually lots of people and the reaction we've had already is lots of people kind of for doing it for different reasons. So um, you might be a farmer that's looking to go into the sustainable farming incentive standards. And one of the first ones is the arable and horticultural soils. And, you know, how am I going to deliver a soil management plan or do a soil health assessment? And the course talks about 
how to do a best assessment to look at soil structure or how to do your earthworm counts. Perhaps you're an advisor and um, you're not going to be putting together a local nature recovery scheme, but you would like the background knowledge on how to in, um, encourage more pollinators or beneficials to that farm landscape or encourage um, new habitats. And it gives you that kind of background knowledge and understanding. Or perhaps, and I've met a few people um, over the last few days and recently, they're just starting out in the industry and have heard all these key words and, you know, what does that actually mean in practice? And this course brings that there. Really, the course is that first step um, into those kind of new areas on farm and wildlife and habitat, soil and water management, nutrient efficiency and grassland and historic features. And then if you find you're interested in something or you want to develop that specialism, well, then there's, you know, you can go on to do soil and water management or beta conservation management in the future. So Basis have just launched this brand new course and it's obviously really exciting, but I know that's not been the only thing you've been working on and there's been some really interesting other projects linked to environment and sustainability. What else should people be looking out for over the next few months or years, say? So yes, there's, there's lots of exciting things happening. Um, the next big thing is we're launching the new Environmental Advisors Register on the 1st of June. And that's um, professional recognition and a professional membership for anybody delivering environmental advice on farm across the UK. And that could be people that are working in or have got an interest in biodiversity, soil, water, air quality, um, all sorts of different areas. It's going to have a qualification to entry. Um, so you're going to need it to have completed the, either the beta conservation management course or you're going to be able to enter through an acquired rights route. Um, and that's going to be demonstrating experience in the sector and completing an assessment. There'll be a CPD requirement, so the continuous learning approach that we recognise across all of our areas um, is there. And hopefully it will give us a professional recognition of the role that environmental advisors play. It's an opportunity to stay up to date within the sector and to demonstrate that and give us a baseline of advisors across the country. We've worked hard to integrate it within um, you know, other initiatives that are on in the sector and those who are already basis members in different ways. We're going to have a directory of, of new of members that goes alongside it. And then, you know, we're coming on and if we look ahead, um, we know there's lots of interest in carbon and climate change and how to reduce our emissions. And we're looking to put together a new course um, looking at that. Similarly, we've got the clean air strategy. What does that mean in terms of wider pollutants? So we've got kind of other courses on other technical subjects that are coming kind of later in the autumn over the winter. Now, that sounds all kind of really exciting and interesting, but it's obvious that BASIS are kind of increasingly focusing on these key areas of environment and sustainability. How do you think that's actually going to support UK agriculture going forward? What impact will that have? Well, I think, as we know, food production and never more so at the moment is so important. Actually, we will recognise that the resilience of our systems, whether that's weather, whether that's you know the use of plant protection products, maybe using biological control, is increasing. And, and with policy changes, with consumers kind of more interested in what we're doing and how we're reacting to that, that all requires knowledge and skills um, that's potentially new, that's potentially developing, potentially bringing back some of the knowledge that we had um, a few years ago. And I just, you know, those listeners out there, you know, do you know the three key wildlife needs that, you know, um, species needs on farm? 
you know how to identify a hoverfly versus a ladybird larvae or a lacewing and, and what kind of predators they involve and I'm sure many of your listeners Greg will um, out there but bases really want to be able to support the industry there's a lot of value in learning and training in the peers and the networks that you do and that technical knowledge and how we can take that knowledge and achieve it in practice and it's enjoyable and you know these kind of new things in many ways are new in many ways it's, it's enhancing what we've got and developing so it's great to be able to support the industry. Well, it's been great to hear from you today, Teresa, not just about the new course, but about everything that Basis is doing. Um, so, yeah, so thanks for joining us. Thanks. So that's everything for this episode of the Basis Agronomy Matters podcast. As always, I'd like to say a massive thank you to all our speakers on the podcast today. If you are interested in learning more about environmental management, sustainable farming practices and agri-environment schemes, then I really would encourage you to have a look at our new Principles of Sustainable Land Management course, which is now available on Basis Classroom. For any of our professional register members, you can claim one CPD point for listening to this episode by logging into the members area on the Basis website, selecting Submit CPD Points and typing Basis Podcast elms so that's e-l-m-s into the reference number and publication title boxes so thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again on agronomy matters